Now it's my turn to try to stay within my confines, all right? We also have another pastor here, which is my father, and another one, which is Pastor Bruce. So it's a very dangerous thing to have four pastors in the same room with three churches represented, but here we are nonetheless. And so we're making it all about Jesus tonight. The angels announce Jesus' birth. That's after the Spirit informs the prophets, remember? Back in the Old Testament of the Messiah and His coming. Then, as you have already heard, the shepherds and the wise men, they come. In in, in Matthew's gospel, remember, the wise men also join, and they come to this newborn king. And then, of course, you also have Herod, who is wanting to kill Jesus. So in all the gospels, it's all about Jesus, whether it's political, (laughs) or if it's out in the workplace, which is out in the fields, or if it's heaven and earth coming together, this is this night. This day, Christmas, is all about Jesus. And so it is a holy night, but what makes it a holy night? It's, again, Jesus that makes it holy. God himself is what makes things holy. You might remember the burning bush with Moses, right? And Moses all of a sudden goes and sees this thing, which is unique in itself, because it wasn't burning up. Its fuel was from somewhere else. That is to say the Holy Spirit of fire which can fuel our lives too. But by the time he gets over there, he hears a voice that comes from the burning bush, and it says this. Hey, bud, kick off your shoes because the dirt that you're on is holy dirt. Now think about this. What in the world made that dirt holier than any other dirt in all of the world? God was there. And he was there in a unique way. And on this night, this night, a manger, a feeding trough becomes a holy item that even today we've recited to one another and sung about and even dream about in our dreams of what it would have been like to be there on that night. And I want to kind of just pop a bubble of sorts, if you allow me to do that, and say it would have been an ordinary night. With an ordinary birth, which is actually good news. You don't want anything extraordinary going on with birth. I know, I've been at five of them, okay? I didn't do much helping, but I was there. And you actually, I hope, have seen that within the pandemic and all the things that we've been through the past nearly two years now, normal is pretty good. Like, I actually enjoy just a common day now. And on this night, common things were happening. People were just in the field. There was a lady giving birth. There was a barn. There was a donkey. (laughs) There was an ox. And we know that. You're like, hang on now, Pastor. Uh, I read the Gospels and I didn't see a donkey or an ox. That's just a... No, no, no. Read the Old Testament, particularly Isaiah, which preps us for the New Testament. And you'll see that absolutely on that night, there was a donkey... And an ox, at the least, that was represented from the animal kingdom. Praising God on this holy night. (laughs) But it was an ordinary animal. Wasn't anything special about those animals. Wasn't anything special about this couple other than God was at work in a unique way. And you know, there's really nothing uncommon about us 
folk in this room right now. We're in a building. We have regular items all around us. And yet, this is a holy night. Why? Because there's a holy God among us. You've already sang about it. I hope that your singing reflects your heart in belief that God is Emmanuel. That is to say, he is God among us and in us. <laughs> what a God this is that would become a baby. Now, it is a holy night with a bunch of common stuff. And I could keep going, but I'm going to move on to the next point, which is this. It's also a holy fight going on. <laughs> so, you say, now hang on, it's Christmas Eve. Um, why are we talking about fighting? Um, well, I don't know if you uh, get stressed out, like it sounds like Pastor Josh and I do, around Christmas time, but sometimes we get into a fight. And the other day, actually in fact yesterday, Jessica and I got into a fight. Now, it wasn't a fist fight, okay? It was a married fight. You know these? No? Okay, well, maybe you're better than us, or maybe you're lying in church, you know? <clears throat> um, I hope that you've actually had the pleasure of experiencing one of these married fights. Here's why. Because people who say that they don't fight ever probably don't talk to each other. Or they don't realize that what they have is worth fighting for. You see, the reason Jessica and I get into an argument and, and a kid walked in mid-argument, okay, and was quickly dismissed by her. That's how I knew it was serious. She said, I'm fighting with your daddy right now. Please get out. I was, like, I was actually in another room trying to talk that way, you know, and uh, realized it was pretty serious at that point. Uh, uh, I am happy to report that I made it out of the argument, and I'm feeling rather jolly tonight, so I won't say who won, but just kidding. Just kidding wasn't about winning, because when Jessica and I fight about something, it means that what we have is worth fighting for, and that's love, and our love as husband and wife is meant to reflect the love that Christ, who is our groom, our husband, has for his church, who is the bride, that's us, and we were worth fighting for. That's why he became incarnate, took on a body like ours, had to sleep and eat and do all the things that we do to keep up with this body. He took it on, yet without sin. Because he understood what was happening, even when we didn't. And that is, we're in a fight. We're in a fight for our marriages. We're in a fight for our children. We're in a fight for the gospel and the light of Christ to shine forth into the cold darkness. And if we don't realize that we're not in a fight, then we need to wake up, friends. And tonight would be a wonderful time, wouldn't it? As the light is shining forth, as the expectation is coming to an end, as Christ himself is born, this would be a great night to join the fight. You know, in fact, in the church and in church history, we here are called the church militant. And the ones who have gone on before us, who are with Christ now, they are the church triumphant, right? So you got the church militant, that's the ones still in the fight. And then the church triumphant, the ones who have already triumphed. They've retired and now they're the cloud of witnesses, right? Well, we're still in the fight, friend. But how do we fight? 
It's not through politics. Jesus didn't take that route, did he? And aren't you glad for that? Gee whiz. That's not the way. We don't To get one's self all tangled up and bent out of shape without being bent out of shape about the gospel, friend. The good news. We've missed the mark. Jesus. He is the reason for this season. And it's not about what the Supreme Court might do or the American government might do. It's about what we are going to do on our little corner. In our neighborhood, with our family, are we going to shine the light? Not paying someone else to do it. Not outsourcing what has been called for us to take up arms. What kind of arms? Well, love, light, joy, all the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. These are the weapons of our warfare. It's a type of covenantal love. A love that waits And is kind. A love that does not envy or boast. A love that is not arrogant or rude. A love that does not insist on its own way. A love that is not irritable or resentful. A love that does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but instead rejoices in the truth. A love that bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. A love that never fails. For the greatest thing is love because God is love and love is God. And he has shared that love with us. Love doesn't walk away. Love fights for what is right. It guards. It never fails. Life is difficult. We all know this. It's all been proven if you didn't know before. And it will continue to be proven. But that is not a reason to give up, friend. No. Tonight, let's shore one another up. Tonight, let's encourage one another and stir one another up to good works in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because the light is shining into the darkness. And the darkness will not comprehend it. In other words, that word there means actually it won't grasp it. In other words, the power of darkness has been broken. It has lost its grip. There's no longer a reason to remain in darkness. (laughs) And where this light shines, the warmth. Of Jesus Christ brings us out of winter and into resurrection fire and Pentecostal Holy Spirit filled living. So, what a joy we have tonight to not only proclaim the good news as we're doing, but to receive it. And when we receive this light, then we take it to a dark, cold world so that winter can end and summer begin. So that these short days, there's a reason why the church placed Jesus' birthday on December 25. And it's because you're right by the winter solstice, which means it's the shortest day of the year, 21st of December, and it's the darkest day. 
and it's cold. And all those things are beginning to turn around from this point to Easter. You see the design? That's supposed to happen in our cold hearts. Let the light of Christ expose the sin in our life. Let it, let it soften our hearts <clears throat> and let it bring warmth and clarity to our lives, to our church, to our community, and to the world. There's only one Christmas Eve 2021, and we're doing it right now. So this is the only shot we've got. So let's make the most of it. Let's light our candles. Let's do and obey what Jesus told us to do tonight with the same resolve of those who have gone before us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.